name is Jim McCarran. I'm with Yukon Flats Refuge. This is my life and wildlife. I'm working for the Yukon Flats Refuge. Started back in 1994. I take care of all the property inventory for computers, shotguns, rifles, snow machines, outboard motors, trucks. <laughs> and also I do a lot of uh, armor. What I do is I clean firearm for preparation for the field because it's really important to have a good cleaning guns out in the field. And then I do um, watercraft instructor. A lot of times we have a lot of new students coming for the field. Uh, being on boat is very important because we spend a lot of time out in the field with the canoes and boats and outboard motors. So here I am. Where I'm from is Yupik, Central Yupik language, which is in between Inupak and Yupik uh, dialects. I was born in a log cabin next to the wood stove <laughs> during winter time, right at the Yukon River Delta, which is uh, Chinelec, is the abandoned place now. I spent a lot of time with hunting and fishing with my dad, uh, doing armor work, uh, learn all the hunting and fishing trapping with him. I learned places where he went, his trap line, and checking his net in the winter time, and where he had his uh, gill nets, you know. Good place for uh, for gathering all the animals and fish. I still remember a place where he had set his net today. <laughs> I went to uh, St. Mary's Mission School, which is the boarding school. It was run by the Catholic school. This is where I went through school there. It was strict. If you speak your language, the BIA teacher would slap you on the hand. I've done that many times. One time they put me in a cold room. I didn't have my coat and my with me, and they put me in a cold room for for a little while. I'm not sure. I can't remember what I did. I was young. I was young back in those days. Not only us, but it happened in the Lower 48 Indians to us also as well. Even Interior, Aleutian Islands, Southeast Alaska did the same thing. That's what I went through. And after that, I went to University of Alaska Fairbanks, 1971. I joined Fishing Wild Service in 1990. I think uh, that's when I joined uh, Fishing Wild Service. And after that, I decided to go back to uh, school. So I went to Great Falls, Montana to get my BS in biology. I've been the Fishing Wild Service for about 38 years now. and. Um, I spent a lot of time out in the field uh, backpacking canoes and hiking in the mountains and that type of thing. I like being outdoors. And I did the tagging, tagging fish and sitting on the counting tower, counting the fish going up streams and coming down. I did that and I did uh, test sites uh, during the commercial fishing season with the gill nets uh, for testing. I did. Uh, Yukon River subsistence survey went through house to house, every village in the Yukon River from mouth of the Yukon to the Canadian border. Went through every household and asked them how many fish they caught for the winter. And then I did one in Kuskokum River and one in Bristol Bay. The main thing was tagging bears, tagging moose, moose calves, and duck banning. I liked being out there field uh, flying with an airplane and doing radio telemetry also. We caught a grizzly in our snare one time. We had uh, used a dart gun to do that on a grizzly bear. He was pretty aggressive. Once we get it down with the dart, 
the animal will sleep peacefully, and then, and then we try to do all the, pull out his teeth, get some hair samples, and just weigh him. And then when we're done, we just wait until the bear stoops up and walks away. On the moose, after we tag him, we collect all the data, blood samples, and then we use a dart to retrieve him to make him awake. We wait for that because we don't want another wolf coming by to get them. So we got to make sure that they're up and out. My first job in 1970, what is it, 1976, I think. My first job was native liaison specialist. And I was stationed out of Bethel, which is Clarence Road Refuge. They changed the name to Yukon Delta Refuge now. There were like 56 villages. And my job is to, in between the villages and fish officers, regarding migratory birds. Back in 1950s or so, there was a law enforcement out in the field, like up in Barrow, I think a law enforcement that take away their guns and birds uh, back in those days. I think the people still have that memory of that what happened back in those days. At one particular time that I had, um, when they're establishing a wilderness uh, act, in Alaska, we had a meeting until like two o'clock in the morning. This native guy, he stood up and said, you're a native, you work for fish and officers. He's a trader. I still remember those words, what he said. And here it is, I spent all my life, or my time in, with fish and game, fish and officers department, trying to do my best to uh, understand what the, what the wildlife was doing for the villages. I think uh, fish and wildlifeers has changed a lot now these days. I think there's a lot, lot more understanding between fish and wildlifeers and native communities. I like to see more indigenous in the fish and wildlifeers. And in fact, I am part of the indigenous group right now with fish and wildlifeers out of running out of Anchorage. We have meeting almost every week now because uh, when I first started fish and wildlifeers back in 1976, there were just the two of us as a native liaison specialist. We're actually maybe 12 or 15 fish wallacers, which is a lot better now. Our job is to understand population or animals, not only birds, but all their animals too as well. And our job is to, to increase the population of some species. There used to be a lot of birds in Yukon Delta in springtime, but right now the population, I think, they're declining depending on what species they are. It's really important because these villages, depending on hunting and fishing, the ground, because the people in their communities, depending on hunting, fish, and trapping, they put food on their home, hunting birds in springtime, and hunting seals and whales, and wolves, uh, caribou, moose, rather than buying the groceries like in Anchorage or Fairbanks, you know, we go buy our food from the stores. I still remember both my parents, just before they died, they said that people are going to change with the weather, and it's happening today. I think about that all the time. It used to be a lot colder back in those days. Uh, once the winter sets in, freezing, a lot of snow, Ice used to be real thick, uh, maybe three, four feet deep on the ice in Yukon River. Right now it's about maybe two, two and a half feet, maybe. 
uh, parents used to use a uh, docking for riding along the checking the trap line, but right now it's snow machines. It's all changed now. My parents spend a lot of time hunting and fishing, like so snowshoe hares or ptarmigans or sometimes um, moose was a very scarce back in those days. Right now, Yukon Dela's got moose everywhere. Back in those days, a very you hardly ever see moose or hardly see any beaver. Life had changed. Their cell phones are in the villages now. When I grew up, we didn't have that. There were no television, no electricity, no flushing toilets. You have that in the villages now. You have to respect your elders and you learn from them. We didn't have any books or anything like that to learn, and we learned from them my tradition, storytelling. They talk about what they used to do years ago to communicate a lot by visiting each other's instead of watching TV all the time right now. <laughs> They're really different now. Everybody keep asking, when are you going to retire? <laughs> but I've enjoyed what I'm doing. I Life is precious. You never know what's going to happen today, tonight, tomorrow, next week. Life is precious. This has been My Life Wildlife, a production of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Alaska Region, Office of External Affairs. Producers Lisa Hupp and Chris Pacheco. Produced and story edited by David Hoffman for Citizen Race Car, audio editing, sound design, and original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Artwork by Michelle Lawson. In Alaska, the employees of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service are shared stewards of world-renowned natural resources and our nation's last true wild places. The lands and waters of this place we call home nourish a vast and unique array of fish, wildlife, and people. Our hope is that each generation has the opportunity to live with, live from, discover, and enjoy the wildness of this awe-inspiring land and the people who love and depend on it.